He's worthy. He's worthy of praise. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. He's worthy of praise and glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself in the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Jeremiah said, this I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Sometimes you got to think about the goodness of the Lord. You might be in a dark place, but think about the goodness of the Lord. Recall what he's already done for you and know that he's able to do it again. Praise the name of the Lord. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. So good to um, be here, honor the singers and musicians. Thank God for uh, this church. Hallelujah, Pastor. God bless you, man. And um, Brother Greg and the membership here, God bless all of you. And just thank God for what he's doing and what he's going to do. We as believers are optimistic that God is going to do great things in the body of Christ. You can go ahead and open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 3. A very familiar passage of Scripture. Luke chapter 3, and we'll jump into it tonight in the 15th verse. The Gospel of Luke. Just follow along with us and pray that, you know, whatever may be uh, jumps out at you in the text for your own personal life. Uh, this is very personal to me, this text, or the subject matter that we'll be dealing with. We'll go ahead and read the text. It says, as the people were in expectation, and all men amused in their hearts of John, whether he was the Christ or not. John answered and said unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I comes, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And notice this, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And will gather the wheat into the garner, but the shaft he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the ancient teaching or method of winnowing grain. And it would always take place at the threshing floor. And most of us are familiar with that term, threshing floor. As you read the scripture, you see many examples in the word of God from the Old Testament to the new uh, of the threshing floor. And that's what I want to deal with tonight, just a few moments, simply a message entitled the threshing floor. And uh, this is the place that no one wants to be, but everybody has to be. Isn't that amazing? There's a place we don't want to go, but we have to go. But there's some good that comes out of the experiences in the threshing floor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. 
We praise you and we give you glory for the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, we ask you tonight to help us to preach, help us to teach. Thank you for the service and the spirit that has been in this place. And Father, we ask that you would continue to pour out your spirit. And Lord, anoint the people to hear what I believe you've given us for this service tonight. And we just pray that whatever heart that is in this room that may be broken, that may be confused as to where they are in life, whoever we may be, Father, we pray for comfort tonight, for peace, for the storm in our soul, the storms in our minds to be calmed by you tonight. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for what you've already begun to stir in our hearts and what you're going to continue to do. And we give you the glory and ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. The work of the Holy Spirit. One of these, one of the things that, you know, is so vital to the believer is understanding the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And even Peter talked about the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Those of us who belong to the Lord, no matter who we are, no matter where we have been, there is a process that you and I are going through, and that is called sanctification. That is Christianity. That is theology. That is Bible doctrine. That is something that we cannot get away from. Uh, far too often in the church, there is a lot of hype-driven gospel pre preached, and there's nothing wrong with hype. We should be excited. We should love the Lord. We should celebrate the Lord. We should praise the Lord. The Bible tells us to praise him. It's commonly for the upright to praise the Lord. We should praise him with the music. We should praise him in the, in the song. We should praise him in the dance, on the symbols. We should praise him in every aspect of our lives. The Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. That's something we ought to do. But I, f I fear that sometimes we get lost in the hype. And we forget true relationship with Jesus Christ. And that in that relationship, you're going to go through trials and you're going to go through struggles. You're going to at times go through failure. You're going to go through, I wish I could say it was different, but it's not. That doesn't mean the gospel has failed or that Jesus has failed. Jesus is perfect. His work was perfect. But people, we're hard-headed. Amen, somebody. Amen. Uh, we're dull of hearing at times. We're like sheep. The Bible likens us as sheep. Guess what? Sheep couldn't hear that good. They couldn't see that well. If you left them alone for just a moment, they would stray away and get off the path. And as holy as you think you are, that is who we really are, sheep. And without the Lord, we will all go off into a ditch somewhere and mess up our lives. So thank God for grace. Nobody has the right to look down on anybody. All of us need the grace of God. So this work of sanctification is, is this what we need? You're saved and thank God uh, there's no second work. You know, it was taught years ago in the holiness movements that there was a second work of grace called entire sanctification. Now, we do adhere to a second work called the baptism in the Holy Spirit, 
but the baptism of the Holy Spirit, not according to scripture, does not come to save you. You're already saved. Hence, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So when a person speaks in tongues, that's not an indication that that person is now born again. The born-again experience happens, and the Holy Spirit comes and resides on the inside of that believer. But the Holy Spirit doesn't just come and take up residence. The Holy Spirit comes to work in your life and my life as well. In other words, there are things about me that the Holy Spirit is trying to rid us of. There are things about you that the Holy Spirit wants to get out of you. When you got saved, you were completely saved, holy, holy, righteous. You have a legal, this is just a few moments of teaching to remind you. I know you're being taught, but it's good to be reminded. Amen. Amen. Bible doctrine is always good, but you're saved now. You've been, the Bible says in Romans chapter six, you've been placed, you've been baptized into Christ. First Corinthians 12, 13 says you were baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ. You were placed there. Now you have a holy union with Jesus Christ. That means when he died on the cross, your old man died with him. When he was buried, you were buried with him. But when he raised from the dead, you and I got up as well, and now we can walk in newness of life. That means you've been changed. The old Baptist church, the missionary Baptist church, they used to sing an old song, and they would hum it out saying, I know I've been changed. Well, that's a reality. When you really know the Lord Jesus Christ, you know that you've been changed. But this process that I'm talking about, this, the work, that's what he's talking about. Now, I see the hit here of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but as well, he's referring to the sanctifying work of the Spirit as well. So now that you're saved, you are in the body of Christ. This is what I love about Christianity. It doesn't matter what you used to be. At the moment you say yes to Jesus Christ, you are instantly washed. Yes instantly changed by the power of God there is no probation in Christ now people may want to put you on probation because of what you used to be but in Christ there's no six-month probation and then you get your benefits no on day one if you're in here tonight and you're not saved if you say yes to Jesus Christ right now you have the same benefit package as somebody that's been saved for 60 years there's no new high orientation you're saved and you're holy and you're righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ that's the good news of the gospel. And so now that you're saved, you have to understand that. And I want to minister. Maybe there's a young believer. There's some, you may be struggling in your mind. There may be a, a battle in your flesh, a battle, a struggle that you have, a, 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 a something, a besetting sin that you've struggled with. And the enemy is bringing condemnation to your mind, telling you you're not saved. Listen, let's stop here before we go any further and just declare I am saved. Everything is not okay, but I'm saved. I I'm saved. I still get upset sometimes, but I'm saved. I get frustrated sometimes, but I'm saved. And you got you to gotta understand, that's not a feeling. That is something you know. And man, when you know something, you get dogmatic about it. It's what the Bible teaches us. We know that we know. That's why Paul talked about ignorance and that he, he didn't want us to be ignorant. 
The Bible says that the people of uh, God are destroyed because they have no knowledge. And because of ignorance in the church, we may have a lot of hype. And, and that's what we're seeing. That, you know, during worship, everybody's jumping and shouting and, and we're running and skipping. And I grew up in holiness. I grew up in the church of God in Christ. We run, we shout, we skip, we hop. Let me tell you, I know church, man. I'm, I'm a church boy from the 80s till now. We, don't, we, we, we dance and we shout and all of those things. But the, the fear that I have is when the shout is over. We don't know anything. And see, a lot of times the shout is for church. You can't shout like that in Target. You can't shout like that at Starbucks. You can't shout like that at Tim Hortons. You can't shout like that in the line at Walmart. See, that a lot of, when you start bucking and shouting and speaking in tongues, that is typically in the body, in the church, in the local assembly. But see, the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit teaches you how to live when you're in Target. Teaches you how to live when you're in walk because you're going to encounter people who don't know Jesus. And we need to know how to treat them. You don't walk around beating folk over the head and just, you know, that's how we, you know, hey, you, you're going to hell. You're not going to reach them. How is it that Jesus can walk into a community and know that a woman in the community had been married for five different men? And now she was living with a man that she was not married to. He could see this woman and still offer her living water. He looked beyond her faults and saw her need. He never condoned her sin. He challenged the sin and showed her that you can be free if you drink of this well. You will never thirst again. That's what the gospel will do. But without... The work of the spirit. See, I, I fear, and I, I th had no intentions to go in this direction to introduce this, but there is a longing in the church for the power of the spirit, but for the person of the spirit and the work of the spirit. We, you know, we don't talk a lot about that. We want tongues. I want to prophesy. Teach me how to prophesy. Teach me how to speak a word and this will happen. Release a word and this will shift. And, you know, we've got all of the nomenclature and the verbiage down pack. Everybody, you got people now, novices, who know how to prophesy. I'm releasing this word and this whole atmosphere is shifting and, and slap somebody, give them a high five and tell them shift. And everybody knows how to do it now. But when it comes to the fruit... Love, joy, peace, lonesome. You just prophesied for 30 minutes, but as soon as church is over, you're mean and low down and you can't speak to anybody. We want the shanda da 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 all of that, but we don't want to love somebody who scuffed up their knees and who run afoul of their relationship with God, who's struggling and barely holding on, well, guess what? The work of the Spirit in the life of the believer will lead that believer, and once he begins to work, he starts to develop his character. You know, we say things like, well, you know, this is just how I am, but the Holy Spirit says, no, this is how I am. 
and I want to produce this in your life. He's going to use you, your personality, who you are, but he wants to shape us and mold us into the person of Christ. That's the ultimate end goal is Christ likeness. And you want to know who Jesus is? Read the word of God. Jesus said, search the scriptures and then you think you find eternal life. They speak of me. Read the gospels. Read the character of Jesus Christ. A lot of times we want to tap on the casket and raise somebody out of the funeral. Out of the funeral. We want to go to Lazarus' uh, the end of the thing and raise him from the dead. We want to heal Peter's mother-in-law. We want to heal blind Bartimaeus. But we don't want to wait on the woman at the well. Come on. We don't want to talk to the woman at the well. See, the power of the spirit will make you talk to the woman at the well, too. The power of the spirit won't just raise the dead. The power of the spirit will make you go to the pool of Bethesda and talk to the man that nobody wanted to talk to. The, the power of the spirit and the work of the spirit will cause you to fellowship with tax collectors when you know nobody else wanted to talk to tax collectors. The power of the spirit will cause you to sit down and eat and have a meal with somebody that doesn't even believe in the Christian faith, not because you're condoning their life, but because you've got something to offer them. The Bible calls us to separation, not isolation. You got to get the gospel out. So what they say smell like smoke so what they smell like alcohol so what they're living an immoral and perverted life the power of the gospel can change them that's what the work of the spirit will do and so it's like man I want tongues though I want you to have tongues too but Jesus wants us to have character he wants to separate the rubbish and the clutter and the carnality from that which is acceptable. And that's what brings to the text, when you look at the ancient method of winnowing grain that took place on the threshing floor. Some of us here tonight, we're on the threshing floor. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what that means. I promise you I won't be before you long. But what would happen is they would gather the harvest of grain. And that seems like a process most people would want to take part in. All right, cool, I'll help you. But what would happen is that they would take this harvest and they would find a solid piece of ground, a hard place. And they would spread the grain on the hard place. And see, that's where God has to take us. He's got to take us to the hard place. You know, everything, you know, Moses was all good when he was in the palace. God said, I see you in there in the palace, but I'm going to take you to the backside of the desert. It's on the backside of the desert where I'm going to make a man of God out of you. And see, Jacob was okay as long as he had all the cattle and everything was going okay. He was with his uncle Laban. He had all of these wives and all of these children. But then Genesis 32 says, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man. He didn't wrestle with him when he had the cattle. He didn't wrestle with him while he was with his wives. He wrestled with him when he was alone. And it was at that hard place where you can see character begin to develop. See, at the threshing floor, there is revelation and there is separation. But the separation is hard. 
because they would take the grain to the hard place and they would spread it out. And then animals would come in and they would step on the grain. Why? Because they had to break it up. There's some stuff in you and I that has to be broken up. Amen, somebody. I don't want to have to be broken up. I think I'm okay. See, that's the part we won't be honest about right there. We think more highly of ourselves than we are. All of us do. Don't look around the room. You don't have to look at your neighbor. We could just look at ourselves. Hence the failure of comparison. Since when somebody fails, we look at them and say, yeah, I got issues, but I didn't do what they did. But on the threshing floor, there's no looking around. Because on the threshing floor, the animals come in and they break up this grain because the, the outside of it is hard. You and I are hard. The flesh dies hard. The flesh is not something it just easily goes away. So when you got saved, God didn't just save you from hell. He had to save you from self. We, we love that aspect of Christianity. I'm not going to hell. Yeah, but you are dominated by self. And when self is controlling and dominating, everything is about me. Service is about me. The, the, the media ministry is about me. The youth ministry is about me. The sermon has to be about me. I've got to be the center of attention. They didn't talk to me. They didn't look at me. They didn't ask me to do it. And everything just, and we become disruptive and we become hard. And then we become hard to get along with. Then we, we become hard. Preachers do it. We become hard. And when you're hard and you don't allow God's process to work in your life as a man of God, a pastor, a leader, you will destroy the work of God. Preachers have gifts to speak. In other words, you can stand here and the crowd will be moved and everybody's shouting and dancing and you can go right into your car or go home and be bound by flesh and self. Anger and malice. I'm, I'm talking about myself now. I can talk about me better than I can talk about anybody. You preach and people are getting filled with the Holy Ghost, but you've got anger in your heart. People are getting delivered and set free. People are telling you testimonies. Brother, I was bound by cigarettes and God delivered me Wednesday night. And, and you're sitting there saying, man, well, praise God. But deep down, you're battling. And wondering why am I like this? Why have I grown so cold to the things of God? It's because a lot of times we go through the motions and we know how to have church. We know how to have church. I'm convinced that you could, you could probably wake up in the morning and play that guitar. The when you know how to do something, some of you, may, you got mechanics maybe in here. You got people, some of you have been working your job. I've heard brother is a, a welder. You probably can do that in your sleep. You can have a bad day and still weld something. Because it's a talent. It's a gift. 
You, your life can be in shambles and you can still be good at what you do. Some people have sang for so long. They have preached for so long. They know how to put a sermon together. We know how to put three points together and shout the people down and we can whatever culture we can hoop them and look at your name and say yes and, and we can go through all of the motions but deep down that bondage is there and that struggle is there and it's eating away at you and you can hide it from the people but you can't hide it from God the threshing floor reveals some things and that hard place and now you're being crumbled and here's the problem sometimes we don't want God to do this because man let's be honest this is hard let me see if I got any deep Christians in here tonight. How many of you woke up this morning and said, Lord, I can't wait to go through a trial? <laughs> I doubt it, sister. I doubt it. There's always one. You know. <laughs> I don't have that much Holy Ghost. To where I'm screaming, I want a trial, Lord. You got to take me through something. I want money in the bank. I want, you know, I just want everything to be okay. But God's process is think it not strange when you're faced with the fiery trial. The world's process is if you're going through anything, you haven't manifested your year the correct way. Or you haven't spoken over your situation the correct way. See, that's new age and it's dangerous to the work of God. You can speak to speak it is speak, 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 and you still going to go through a trial. Doesn't matter how eloquent you are, how well you can pronounce and what you think you can manifest. Job had plenty of money. He had plenty of clout. He had plenty of power. But when it got to the point of God saying, have you considered my servant Job? There was nothing he could do other than trust God. The ground is hard. I'm frustrated. I'm hurting because I'm being crushed. I don't want to be crushed. I don't want to go through what I'm going through. I don't want to face what I'm facing. But I realize in order for the good to come out, this threshing floor is necessary. And the crushing is a violent process. But once everything is crushed, you're left there just hanging on. You're just hanging on. And here's the text where it says that John the Baptist basically said this. He said, listen, see, because a lot of times people get caught up in personality. And that guy just is a great preacher. And we just, we get caught up in personality. You got to be careful with that. If you get so caught up in talent and personality, you'll overlook character issues in a leader and I'm not talking about necessarily a preacher I'm talking about a star you ever seen somebody be a fan of somebody when you're a fan you don't care what they do wrong there are people right now who have raped folk and you got celebrities who have raped people and done all kinds of heinous things but they're fans no nope, that's still my guy like did you not know what what they did Molested children, yep, but I'm still a fan. But if somebody you dislike 
does the same thing, then we condemn that person. Y'all know how the human mind. See, God is not calling us to be fans of preachers. Oh, come on, y'all. We're not looking for fans. We should be producing disciples and people who want to follow Jesus Christ. But the problem is we got too many fans and a celebrity club. We're not here to be celebrities or to be known. A true preacher of the gospel will make his name known and make his name great. God is not calling you to, to be molded into the image of Nash or Weber or any other preacher. He wants you to look like Jesus. He wants you to be like Jesus and the only way that can happen is you've got to go to the threshing floor and on the threshing floor now all of this is broken up and so he gets his fan in his hand John the Baptist said listen I'm not him I know y'all think I'm something he says but I'm not him he says I'm not even worthy <laughs> to tie his shoes I'm not worthy. I can't even hold a match to him. I'm here to lead you to him. Jesus said, I mean, but John said, the one who's coming after me, though, when he comes, he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and with fire. He's going to give you a power that the world can't give you. A power that you can't earn by good efforts and good works. A power that is from on high. And so if the power's source is the throne of God, then nothing can shut it off. Oh, you, you think about that for just a moment. Sometimes I think that, that now let, I hope I don't get in trouble here, but I feel like the church puts too much confidence in government. We think they're going to bail us out of everything. Do you realize that if the government is overhauled and it shuts down today, that the power of the Holy Ghost is still present for the church? You can have a prayer meeting and the power is out, but there can still be power in the building because God is not limited to conduit and electrical sockets and outlets. His power will move where people are hungry. He says he'll give you power. And then he says his fan is in his hand. So what would happen next is the, they would pick up the, the grain, throw it in the air. The good heavy part would fall. And the wind would blow away the chaff, the rubbish. See, the rubbish is the stuff you don't need. But the problem with rubbish is only the Lord knows what rubbish really is. We think this is okay. You know how, you know, sisters and me pick on y'all girl. He just cute. I just want him. And God said, but he doesn't need to be in your life. That's rubbish. Brothers, we know better. We Come on, let's talk about it in here tonight. Sometimes God will blow some stuff away that you think that was good for you. If you go back to the Old Testament, when you look at the what was told to Samuel, what Samuel told to Saul, he said, listen, kill all of the Amalekites. Don't keep anything alive. Guess what Saul did? Saul took out the vow and the refuse, but he kept the best. The problem a lot of times with us is not the vow and the refuse. It's the best. 
It's the stuff that don't look so bad. See, most Christians know fornication and adultery and drink. You know, we, we, that's repulsive. That's vile and refuse. But that bad attitude and the unforgiveness and the pride and the self-righteousness, that doesn't, the religious pride, the religiosity, that doesn't really look that bad. So that's the best. God says, I want the best too. I'm going to blow it away because I want to give you my best. So you got to empty yourself of you and let him fill you with his presence, with his spirit, with everything that he wants to produce in your life. Somebody shout, Lord, blow it away. I know it doesn't feel good, but I've already been crushed. I've already been walked all over. I've already been beat down. Might as well throw away the rubbish now. Might as well get rid of it. See, the thing is, the acceptable grain is what God can use because he's taking it through his process. He's taking it through his breaking. And when God gets through, now he can send you to minister on missions, to minister in the school because now when you preach, you won't make it about yourself. When you sing, you won't make it about yourself. There's something about going through a trial that when you really know that you've been broken, songs even sound different. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, 10 years ago, you were just singing, my chains are gone, I've been set free. But now when you sing it, now when you say amazing grace, I've been through something. I've been hit by something. So this song hits different. It sounds different because it's from my heart. Somebody give God praise if you know what I'm talking about. I need... When I was a kid, some of you may, we, this single song, I still sing it today, is just a simple song that says, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Think about that for just a moment. Every single hour of the day, I need thee. Then we used to sing a song that said, have thine own way, Lord. Some of them, I'm taking you back to the old school now. Have thine own way. Y'all remember that song? Anybody here? You are the potter and I am the clay. They would say, mold me and make me. Somebody just lift your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost. After thy will. Hallelujah. And then he says, while I am waiting, yielded and still. Y'all remember that song? Have thine own way, Lord. Just worship for just a moment. Have thine own way. See, when you've been through something, that song hits different. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting. Hallelujah. Yielded and still. In other words, use me how you want to use me. Do what you want to do in my life. Work in me the way you want to work in my life. I don't want to chart my own course anymore. I've had to learn the hard way. God had to take me through a hard place and cause me to be broken up. But you know what? I thank God for the threshing floor. Because if it wasn't for the threshing floor, I would have destroyed my own life. I would have had a meltdown and taken my own life. I mean, man, when you're on the threshing floor, you're battling suicide. Are we going to be real in here tonight? You're battling depression. You're battling anxiety. You're battling fear. But on the threshing floor, God will heal you right where you are. 
Thank God for healing. Thank God for deliverance. Thank God for moving. Hallelujah. He's, his fan is in his hand. He's working in me. He's working on me so he can do a work through me. And I genuinely believe that the work that is to come for the body of Christ, not just here, but the body of Christ worldwide is greater. And God has to take us through this process of brokenness because he's not going to compete with our flesh. He's not going to share his glory with us. It's not going to be me and God doing. He has to lead. He has to do the work and he will be glorified in the life of the believer. But I want to encourage you as I close this message tonight. Whatever you're going through, don't let it pull you away from God. Pain will, will take you away or it will draw you close. And that's what I'm praying tonight that you would allow the pain and the suffering to do to draw you to the Lord and not away from the Lord. A lot of people are hurting in this place tonight. Somebody may come across watching and you may be hurting. You may be going through a difficult season of your life. You're on the threshing floor. But God is not going to leave you there. He never walks away from you. You might be in the worst trial of your life, but he was there. When the disciples were in the ship, the one thing they forgot that was their greatest help was that Jesus was in the ship with them. And sometimes we keep focusing on the storm and how great it is, but you forget, wait a minute, he's with me. He's, he's right here with me. And he can't die. He can't lose. The song says he's never lost a battle. He can't lose. I'm with him. So if I'm with him, that means I'm victorious because of his victory that he's already won. And you might go through some small battles right now. Shout through those things. Pray through. Keep trusting God and believing God through all of those battles that you're going through. But in the end, saints, this script is already over. There won't be some sort of breaking news that, that if the church reads their Bible, uh, CNN will have breaking news in the end, Fox and all of them. But the breaking news is going to be something happened and millions of people. We heard a trumpet somewhere and all of a sudden millions of folks just left the earth. Plane crashes. I mean, buses derailed, cars running off the road. We don't know what happened, but... I just know they're gone. You know what's going to happen. That's the rapture. The script is already written. You don't have to say, you don't have to walk around in defeat. The script is already written. The Bible tells us that the dead in Christ shall arise and those which are alive and remain. The script is written. John the beloved looked up after a period of tribulation after, toward the end of the middle of the, the battle of Armageddon. Looks like God's people, Israel, almost destroyed and annihilated. Revelation 19 says John the beloved looked up and he said, wait a minute. I see somebody riding on a white horse and he's 
got a name written on him that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. John said he's got a sword in his mouth. His vesture was dipped in blood and the Bible says every eye shall see him. Can you imagine the Snapchats and the, the boomerangs and folks saying, wait a minute, there's some folks on white horses in the sky. Something is up. People posting it on social media. The media's gonna have it and they're not gonna know who he was but you're gonna know him. I'm gonna know him and everybody who's washed in the blood because we're gonna be with him. The script is already written saints so hold on now. Endure now. Trust now. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Fight on child of God. Fight on child of God. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. Somebody ought to give God praise in here tonight. You can't quit. The threshing floor is not to destroy you. It's to break up that hardness and to separate it and get rid of the rubbish so that God can use you and that you're effective for the work of God. Stand to your feet all over the house of God. Lord, draw me close to you. Hallelujah. Draw me close to you. Just close your eyes and just begin to worship God tonight. Draw me near to you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, work in me. Lord, the work that needs to be done, do it in me. Lord, work on me. Use me for your glory in whatever your capacity, Lord. Help me not to compete. Help me not to, to get jealous. Help me, Lord. Help us all to stay where you've put us, Lord. Help us to stay in our lane. Lord, help us even through the process of trial and tribulation. Help us to glorify you. Help us to worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God wants to use everybody in this room. Pastor prayed early. I believe apostles and pastors and evangelists right here in this room. Why not you? Isaiah said, send me, Lord. I'll go. Why not you too? Stop looking at your inability and look at his power. Look at his person. Look at who he is. So what you don't think you're educated enough? So what you don't think you speak well enough? So what you don't think you've got the talent? He's got the power and the anointing to help you. Let him break you. Let him take you through the process. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just worship him for just a moment. Bishop Paul Morton wrote a song that says, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Hallelujah. And that's what I'm praying for right now, that God moves upon our hearts tonight, that God challenges us, that God changes us, that God moves upon us and moves within us and helps us to do the work that he's called us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here tonight and you need to pray, if you're going through the toughest 
problem or trial of your life come around tonight let's pray let's pray together lord i'm going through a battle the devil is trying to take my literal soul mind but i'm fighting i'm fighting the good fight of faith you don't have to throw in the towel you don't have to quit you can keep running the race saints of god and you can finish this race come on let's come around tonight and pray if you if you have a need tonight if you if you need a touch from the lord just come